Welcome to Geek Girl Soup. I am your dynamic overlord. I am beloved commander. And I am visual contender. Ladies, I have to ask you a question. Does the name Kevin mean anything to you? Absolutely, yes. I am not Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. I would never hide out from that man. Ever. Like, even if he had moved on, I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm back. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can leave. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Here I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, baby. Mm -hmm. All right. Handcuffs. Where are they at? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) He's not getting away. Well, it's it's that time again. It's uh, our October fourteenth departure show on well, yes. show on departure day for the yeah leftovers. happy departure day. I don't know what what do we say for today. I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Or don't hold your breath. Yes, it yeah. depends on what camp you're in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah be our guest (laughs) (laughs) what would your what would your cult uh be what what cult would you join Uh, if you were a joiner the cult the cult of kevin this is true yeah i see i'm thinking i could not do gre i'm not a talker but i do like to talk when i need to and I, I don't like smoke. The smell of smoke just makes me nauseous no matter what. And I couldn't be the sex cult because like they were extra and they let people get eaten by um, lions. Yeah. yeah. And they hung out with Matt, which is a no-no. Hanging out with Matt is a no-no? Oh, but you know what? So I, I, I can't deal with the fact that they were about to rape him. Yeah. Uh, so much rape. That, that mm-hmm. was, that was the part I couldn't handle, but yeah. this time I actually loved that episode. It's a Matt, 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 Matt world. The first yeah. time I watched it when it aired, I hated it yeah. one year during a rewatch. Oh, it wasn't one of our rewatches. It was like getting ready. For- oh no, it was a rewatch. Yeah. Cause that was season three. Um, mm-hmm. I skipped it. I skipped okay. that episode. Oh, okay. Um, but since then, every time I've rewatched it, I've grown to like it more and more. And um, then uh, I read this year an article. I shared this with y'all on Entertainment Weekly. It's written by Jeff Jensen, the Leftover Series Finale, EW Review. And he goes into lots of personal details about how his wife died Mm -hmm. a few months before this series premiered. And he knew Damon Lindelof who told him, don't watch it right away. You need to wait a few months. And he did. And, and that helped um, how the story, everyone's part in the story resonated with him around grief and how the Matt, uh, Frazier episode also resonated and he went into some detail about that and it helped me change my perspective on it and and so this time I I loved the episode yeah deeply and and, and I'm actually going to jump on with you um, uh, during the rewatch of all the mad episodes this was my favorite and also because of what we were talking about earlier where like every time year we watch this, I feel like I pick up something different that I didn't pick up before. And it's like, mm-hmm. cause throughout the entire run of the show, they are peppering different clues and details and things that are pop- going to pop up again later, different people who are definitely going to pop in again later. So his yes. interaction with God um, mm-hmm. during the whole episode was entirely interesting to me, uh, more so than I think in the previous watches for me. Um, yes. And I, I, I feel more sympathy for Matt than I usually do each year I watch it because usually yeah. Matt annoys the hell out of me. Yes. Um, but what he's doing comes from a good place. And especially after reading book Matt, I enjoy our TV Matt much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. And I also 
this year. I did not skip any of the mad episodes. <laughs> and yeah, I feel the same yeah. court. The, the last one was my favorite of the mad episodes. Um, but I was also very annoyed by Matt and his sister, Nora. <laughs> so mm. because mm-hmm. I found that Matt was using his faith and religion to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's how he was using that. And, you know, it's like, like many televangelists and people that you see in, in our world that mm-hmm. he was just trying to manipulate and calm these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that was my impression of Matt <laughs> this time. Yeah. Related to that, I I finally watched that HBO Max series, uh, three episodes, The Way Down, mm-hmm. um, about the woman who died this May in a plane crash, um, who had founded that church, <laughs> the Remnant Fellowship. Yeah. And so there was a lot of manipulation mm-hmm. there too, of course. Um, yeah, I loved... Uh, in it's a Matt 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 world, the the scene between him and David God Burton, mm-hmm. when he is he starts out asking God all of these questions, and then God is asking him why everything that Matt says to everything Matt says, God asks him why, and. It, it feels very Socratic in that it leads Matt to this deeper truth and mm-hmm. these deeper realizations about himself. Yeah. And, and it's just brilliant. I'm looking, uh, and, and, yeah, so finally, uh, um, okay, the sudden departure, that was you? Why? Because I could, said God. You're going to have to do better than that. No, I don't. You do. Why? Because there has to be a reason. Why? Everything in my life I've done for a reason. Why? I sacrificed my happiness. I left my family. I let my family abandon me. Why? For you. Everything you've done, you've done because you thought I was watching. Because you thought I was judging. This is God. But I wasn't. I'm not. You haven't done anything for me. You did it for yourself. And then Matt asks, is that why you're killing me? And God gently nodded. It was the slightest little thing, but that was amazing. Yeah. And clearly Matt took it to heart based on how he changed his perspective by the end of the episode. And and, let things go. (laughs) Yeah. And no longer went after Kevin, um, instead went to find Nora and, mm-hmm. um, and then into the episode saying, that's the guy I was telling you about when the mm-hmm. lion ate mm-hmm. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God like saved about- Daniel from being eaten by the lions and yes. the lion's den, but he mm-hmm. couldn't save himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to say that felt so biblical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But oh. yeah. So everything helped change Matt to get him to where he needed to be to help Nora get to where she needed yeah. to be. So she could make that next step for herself. And like one of my favorite interactions between them was him writing her obituary with all yes. of the massive and yeah. like just that gentle interaction so that when he eventually does die, and of course she doesn't make it back to the funeral, we find out um, she's already said her goodbyes. So, and like, that was us also saying goodbye to these two who are yes, assholes. Like, I didn't didn't realize how much of an asshole Nora was until I don't this watch for some reason. Like she's never come across to me as one of the assholes, but this year Mm. it was like, Girl, yeah. why are you? Why I know why you're like this, but geez. Well, I mean, besides yeah. her her anger problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. We definitely saw that come out um, yeah. in the first two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, um, there was like a, a vindictive bend to some of the things that she does that I, I didn't pay any attention to it. Me, me, I was like, oh, I love Nora so much. She's so awesome. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. this year, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, she's an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So don't let me end up like Nora. Yeah. 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 And I even made note um, in season one uh, at the end of the the guest episode mm-hmm. um, number uh, episode six. Uh, I had forgotten that she hugged Holy Wayne. Mm-hmm. Just totally forgotten that. Yeah. And it, it seemed to help briefly, but clearly not enough since she wrote the Kevin, Kevin, the goodbye letter at the end of season one and was about yeah. to run away. Um, and, you know, then she finds Lily and that seems to solve everything, but clearly not. Because don't, ch- yeah. don't new babies always solve everything? Oh my God. They save marriages all yeah. the time. <laughs> oh, my God. We're having save marital the- problems. Let's have a baby. <laughs> yeah. And that obviously saved their relationship because she was going to leave and mm-hmm. and the baby came into the their mm-hmm. lives and she didn't yeah. they stayed and told each other everything <laughs> yeah yeah which was very cool yeah, i love that, that they did scene. that but i do wish that jill had confessed something that would have been even cooler yeah you mm-hmm. know yeah just yeah. something it didn't yeah. have to be the choking the dude during while he right. was masturbating thing but she could have confessed something right yeah. and and also this year we we saw that this is in fact the 10th anniversary of the uh departure the departure yeah because it, it's written on the refrigerator <laughs> yeah october 14th 2011 yeah yeah oh and by the way i just read today that on October 14th, 2018, Max Richter, who wrote the score to the series, mm-hmm. played the leftover score at Town Hall, a concert venue in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. To, to honor Departure Day in 2018. Yeah. And the, the dude who wrote the little article about it said it was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. Can you imagine hearing him do that live or conduct it live? Oh my God. Anyway. And you said you were paying extra attention to the music this year. Yes. Yeah. Um, I did not note when the theme songs or, or, you know, when the original music was used, but I went through and wrote down, noted down a bunch of other um, pieces um, that, you know, were not original music for this. Um, One other side thing real quick about the show. So um, this, the, the leftovers won two critics choice awards in 2014, its first season, it won Most Exciting New Series. And in its second season, 2015, Carrie Coon won a Critics' Choice Award for Best Actress. It had um, seven random nominations. I didn't write down what those were. They, for other awards, they were, again, like random things. It had only one Emmy nomination, and that was in 2017, um, Outstanding Guest Actress in a Guest in a Drama Series, Anne Dowd, in Season 3, Episode 7, The Most Powerful Man in the World and His Identical Twin Brother, when she played uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense. It had no other Emmy nominations. And it had zero Golden Globe nominations, much less wow. any wins. Yeah, wins. Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah. 
So, oh, stinking travesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, it's it's gotten lots of soupies, and those are very prestigious. So, you know. Yeah, it, it tends to win one every year when we have a category about what's the best thing you watched this year, regardless of when it came out. Right. Yeah. I know one we sort thing, of retired that one. One thing I do love about it, it's not just us that still talk about it. Like some of the actual critics, like Mo Ryan has loves on the show, like still, like she'll just ramble, randomly bring something up about it. Like it's still yeah. in the conversation in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's how you yeah. know you have a good show. Yeah. 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 Jay and Jack were podcasting about it this year. They were doing right. a rewatch. Are they finishing mm-hmm. this week? That's I cool. Don't know. They should be. Yeah. If they're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> HBO Max uh, a few weeks ago asked on Instagram, what is the best series finale of an HBO show? Mm-hmm. And uh, most, it, it was, it tended to be split between um, Six Feet Under and uh, I think that was the biggest one. Um, and then Sopranos, which is kind of surprising because I thought a lot of people hated the Sopranos, I think. I think they've grown into it. That's what okay. a lot of them are saying now. You know, when the movie oh, okay. now that the movie has come out, they're revisiting oh, okay. that finale. Okay. And a lot of people said the leftovers. And the ones who did tended to get into a little conversation, like a sub comment conversation yeah. about best yeah. show ever. And oh my God, I cried so hard and this, that, and the other. And yes. So it has some avid fans now. And just what I've noticed online is that if you're a fan of the show, you are an avid, diehard, best show ever fan. Mm -hmm. There are no in-between fans. You You either just couldn't get into it or you adore it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, our our friend Holly, she... uh, does a rewatch every year also yeah nice yeah so. kelly you rewatched yeah. an episode earlier this year um we all participated in the series tv drama countdown that scott yep. did what was the episode you did again for this you remember international assassin okay yeah okay perfect of course so yeah. i watched the one before that um a most powerful adversary um, that was episode, uh, season two, episode seven, and then international assassin episode eight. Then of course I did episode nine and 10, my favorite one. I live here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't do just the one out of context. I know it, it works <sighs> very well together. Yeah, in that those, nice little yeah, Yes, those four just go together. And if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, episode nine is called 1013. Mm-hmm. It shows um, October 13th, 2011. Mm-hmm. Like Meg's story, backstory. Yeah. 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 And that was the first time I noticed that country song in the bar was as a cover of uh, The Promise. But it's okay. a country a countrified cover. <laughs> oh. So. Country. Yeah. Well. So all of our 80s season, favorites. Season, <laughs> yeah. Season two takes place in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, there you go. So it definitely fit. Yeah. So the other thing that we did this year is we all read the book or listened to the yes. audio book. And. Yep. It was different. <laughs> so, yes, it was. Say? Yeah. Kevin's the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I liked yeah. our, our, our mayor that they gave us in the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would have liked to have seen more of her story, too, yeah. in, the, in the show. It's too bad that they abandoned her after the first season. But yeah. Well... Oh, we abandoned Mapleton after the first yeah, season, so. yeah, I know. 
And if we hadn't, I mean, the Murphys could have lived in Mapleton, but I, I like how we switched scenery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the the switch was very jarring though. I remember the first mm-hmm. time I ever watched that particular episode and I was thinking, oh, okay, so now we're with the Murphys. We already, we right. finished things off with the Garveys. They, they were good to go. They had the baby. So now we have this new thing that's coming. And then it was 40 minutes in. Nope, there's Kevin and Nora. Yes, so. true. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, is this all of a sudden an anthology series? Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, different people. Are we back a year before? You know, is yeah. this going to be the lead up to the third anniversary? Is this a whole different time? Is it years ahead? Is it years before? Has the sudden mm-hmm. departure not even happened? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'd like brilliant. I- yeah, and I like skipping around because even in the third season, yes, we spent some time in Jordan, but then we went to Australia. <laughs> yes. It, it just kept things fresh. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, with the-, the well, in, in the book, you know, it was just mm-hmm. the, the first season. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, there were a few little changes in there with, um, Lori's best friend joined the GR and mm-hmm. I don't think in the in the book Lori was not a therapist right she they yep. they didn't say what she did Literally. before yeah but, and Kevin still lived in their one and a half million or 1.2 million dollar house and, right yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I guess in the show they never said what happened to <laughs> to the house or, yeah yeah well I just assumed that well it yeah they never said so I just figured that they sold it but who knows one would imagine that the stock market took a nosedive Every, yeah or if not crash yeah yeah and same yeah. with real estate um, prices and yeah yeah but it had been three years. So things certainly recovered. Um, mm-hmm. But we know he moved into his dad's house. Right. Yeah. So, and, and he never liked Lori's house. Yeah. 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 That house didn't seem to fit Kevin. I feel like it fit the book Kevin better, like the mayor, yeah. because he also yeah. owned that warehouse and like yeah. he was moneyed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the book, it was all his money or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what we're led to believe. Right. I wonder what Justin Thoreau's house is like, because that house to me didn't even seem like Justin with, with the photos that we see of him on Instagram. Can you mm-hmm. imagine him and well, his pooch living there? If you watch that show on HBO max, um, the other two, mm-hmm. okay. they have a version of Justin Thoreau's house apartment. New York but is apartment. he in it? <laughs> no, but they're they're using his apartment while he's out of town on a photo shoot or something, or okay, so a, shooting that, a film. So they're living that, in his apartment. Okay, why can't we get that job? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not thirteen-year-old pop stars. Oh, we have uh, to be thirteen, or do we have to be pop stars? Probably. The, the celebrity yeah <sighs> just have Jeez. to be some sort of celebrity you know in that <laughs> orbit and you know you'll be eligible so does, for that kind of a housing trade okay so does that look more fitting of him maybe okay <laughs> there's maybe there's some look. odd there's some odd things it's it's pretty funny of okay. the, uh, you know, but then, you know, it's another version of, uh, of Justin, you know, it's yeah. the, the sitcom, the comedy central version of Kevin, yeah. of Kevin, Justin, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in the, in the book, uh, Kevin and Nora went to Miami, they took that trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So. Um, but she doesn't work for the DSD. Hmm. No, Mm-mm. no. 
her character seemed very passive in the book. Like she was just living life, uh, watching SpongeBob SquarePants. Like th- that was, I guess, her replacement in the book for what we saw like her her use as her um not pacifiers but like her, her coping me- mechanisms like mm-hmm. the, the groceries the bulletproof vest the, the groceries oh, okay. yeah like just the, some of the different things that she did like mm-hmm. on the show so yeah. uh, she I, I wanted more from her just because of what we knew from her, the tv show mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and also, the, the thing with um, Gladys in the show, mm-hmm. that she, you know, it was her time to, uh, to be murdered by the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there was something like that in the, um, in the book. You know, they, they went yeah. to this special house uh, in pairs, and one of the pair was supposed to kill the other one at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that was a whole weird setup. Like uh, Pat, this Patty in the book, of course, was not our Patty. Like we didn't really get to know her as much as we got to know um, yeah. like TV show Patty. Um, but like they were allowed to talk a lot more yeah. in the book than they were ever on the show. Um, and she, she encouraged them to bond with each other, maybe because she wanted them to feel that pain when they had to kill yeah. their partner. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously yeah. that, that guy, he definitely did when. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do wonder how I would feel about the show if I had read the book first, because doing it this way, not only having watched the show first, but having watched the show so many times that there are scenes that I practically have memorized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I hugely prefer the show over the book. Yeah. Because yeah. like you I mean, just th- said, we, we know the characters much better mm-hmm. from the show, which is rare. Mm-hmm. You know, normally, you know, characters from a book better than right. you know them in a show. Well, right. let me take that back. You know, characters in a book better than you know, characters in a movie. Yes. In a show... Um, especially one that's 28 episodes long, you have more time to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and it depends on how, how well the show is done. Mm-hmm. And this show is right. done exceedingly well, especially since the author, Tom Parada, wrote a bunch of the episodes with the creator, Damon Lindelof. And he was an ex- and Parada is an executor, pro- executive producer on the yeah. entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was interesting to see um, in the book we got a little, little bit more of Tommy uh, b- before like mm-hmm. in the early time with, with Mr. Gilcrest in the book and later mm-hmm. Holy Wayne and how like he slowly became disillusioned with him we did see that in the show but it made it even more e- evident and even more ickier like I don't I always remember that he messed with these underage girls, but somehow in the book it was even more ickier. And also the thing with Kevin and Amy, like there was a lot of yeah. um, older men sexualizing like teen girls, even um Tom Tommy, like Christine's 16 years old. You're 19, 20. Like it's not icky like Wayne, but it's still not cool. Like yeah. this girl's been abused. Like please do yeah. not lust after her. And we don't have Christine's age in the show. Right. And I feel like that was um, on purpose to make it yeah. less ickier, even though yeah. um, when they did the newscast, I feel like they did talk about some underage girls being right. there. They oh, can that. we talk about mm-hmm. Wayne's wife in the book and how mm. she approved of her yeah. sister wife? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That yeah. was insane to me. And the fact that she was not in the TV show, like I, I, I appreciate them not putting her in there. Yeah. Um, like I feel like the supernatural element was not strong at all in the book mm-hmm. because when mm-hmm. Wayne was caught, he just pled guilty and he was like, yeah, I yeah, did this yeah. thing. I was wrong and I was coping, but yeah. 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 To me that made it, um, not definitely not as interesting and um not that it wasn't an, an 
an interesting part of the book, but um, just definitely not as interesting. It, it was so much better with the, um, what word, what adjective did you just use about it? Um, Icky? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not like superstitious or paranormal, but. Um, oh, just just supernatural spiritual part supernatural thank you Mm -hmm. yeah supernatural yeah um because that to me made the the holy wing part so interesting and i still love that scene where he's about to die in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and kevin sees him and that look of like bliss on holy wayne's face when he grants kevin the wish like, mm-hmm. I totally believe him. I mm-hmm. totally believe Wayne that he knows what Kevin's wish is and that he grants it. So what is his and it, wish? It, don't know. Or, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't even try to guess. Yeah, okay. exactly. I don't even try to guess. Yep. But I believe, Wayne, that he knows what it is and he's granting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was another successful change, um, book yeah. versus television show. But yeah, the the Tommy parts that I like, um, like because when we jump in with the show, we jump in with Lori already being gone and like Kevin living his life, Tommy already being with Wayne. I like seeing the parts where Tommy was struggling after everything hit, and like he was at school and partying, but it was this kid like who disappeared, who he misses and is, was the catalyst for him also going away and like embracing Wayne. Um, yeah. I, I like seeing that stuff and him failing out of school and Lori and Kevin go on their way to pick him up and him just like leaving and being gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, do I miss that being in the show? No, because yeah. I feel like what we had was clean and it was, I still got who his character was. Right. But it was yeah. cool to get those little details from yeah. the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, but in some ways I I really like just jumping in, you know, and saying, this is where we are and we have no idea how we got there. And even when we get to season one, episode nine, the Garbies at their best, Mm -hmm. it still doesn't explain what happened in between the sudden departure and where they ended up. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. But then in, totally in okay. season three, we see that episode that shows when Lori decided to join the remnants. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that we kept getting um, little Sam's mother. I forget the character's name right now. Maybe it was Jennifer. Um, but, you know, first person we ever meet in the show, she's at the laundromat with her kid and little Sam He's the one that disappears and like she continually pops up throughout the length of the series. And we see in that episode that she's Mm -hmm. um, talking to Lori, seeking help from Lori. Lori can't help you. Lori is going through kind of not exactly what you're because your baby was there and she was like looking at the monitor when hers went away. So like she can't help you. And like you just kind of talked her into going to the guilty remnant. Um, We do see her again, though on the timeline she ends up at the bar with kevin like after Lori that was joined her, up. right so it was it happened before in the show timeline happened in an earlier i think it was in season one right that we saw right. her but it was after in like quote reality timeline after that right. scene with Lori. yeah right yeah so I, I i like that and again i like to show continually bringing these characters back like us just seeing mm-hmm. their faces mm-hmm. and like oh yeah i remember you oh i, yeah. I heard your name i know who you are <laughs> yeah 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 and it helps that mableton is a small town so yeah. we do see their uh, interactions <sighs> okay for something completely different how yeah. many how many times in this series did we see wet kevin <laughs> i wish oh. i had made notes of that <laughs> Because uh-huh. that was a lot. It, it was. was a lot. Yeah. 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 In almost every other episode, he's, you know, in the lake, coming out of the tub, 
you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when we least expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. <sighs> did we see him wet in season one? Yeah. Um, yeah. We did. Where? I'm uh, I don't know, but we did. <laughs> uh, it was like the bathtub. What episode was, was there that? A bathtub? We definitely saw him waking up startled on the floor. There was that. Well, we saw him sweaty. and I mean, he was very wet. He was very wet. (laughs) Huh. I don't remember in season one. Same. Yeah. He well, wait. So yes, what what hat? Okay, wait. No, it's different. I don't remember. That's weird. Definitely seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. So music wise, um, when Nora comes over, goes over to um, Kevin's to have dinner. Um, mm-hmm. Season one, episode eight, Cairo. Or do they call it Cairo, New York? I think there's a Cairo, Tennessee, or so. Okay. Um, this time, I noticed the song that was playing. I've got "Dreams to Remember" by Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. Where else do we hear that song? At the wedding. Yeah. Yes, they're dancing yeah. to it at the wedding in uh, uh, "Book of Nora." Season three, episode eight, the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why, why do you think they called back to that that moment? First like and that last. Song. First or and last. first and first. First and first. Yeah, it's I was two wondering. firsts because now they're getting back. to It's right. a new beginning. It was right. the first okay. beginning and a second beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I was wondering if it was because like they were both pretending to be okay in the first season like trying to start like their their relationship and then in that in book of nora like he was pretending like she wanted to know what the hell he was talking about but she decided to okay we're gonna do this let's dance and the Mm -hmm. song was playing at that point in time and like she pushes him away when she's like no i I, I don't want to do this i can't pretend like Mm -hmm. you're lying and i don't want this to be based on the lie we're about to start again yeah i love that song though i added it to my mm-hmm. oh, me too. oh mm-hmm. my gosh i love it, it too. yeah 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 oh man i really wish i had noted tiny fibs that she had told throughout the show so mm-hmm. she lied at that dinner table about mm-hmm. not having a gun anymore mm-hmm. yeah and she still did um she lied to the nun about the name Kevin not mean any, meaning anything to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there were a couple others throughout the show. Little, but still lies. And she cannot tolerate lies. I don't lie. Yeah. She oh, tells she someone. She says that, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But. No. <laughs> And, and it's because <laughs> she doesn't lie that we believe her story of having gone through the machine and then coming back. We believe her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't lie. Well, well, that and then we've witnessed Kevin go through these extraordinary things. Like, and that's why he can believe her. Um, True. Like when she's asking and saying, like, it's going to be unbelievable for you. Um, like you, you, you'll think you're going to think I'm lying. And I'm like, no, he's not because he's been through this already. Now, mm-hmm. if it was Kevin telling her this, yeah, she's going to not believe you because she's been our non-believer for so long throughout the show. She never believed. I mean, he never told her anything that happened. But when she read snippets of the book of Kevin, she yeah. dismissed everything out of right. hand. She never even right. asked him. She mocked yeah. it. Yes. He yeah. didn't like, want he, that book, but yeah. she didn't even say, like, 
did you really read this? Is any of this true? You know, where did yeah. she did say, where does he get this stuff? And yeah. he was embarrassed because she was mocking him. What yeah. an asshole, like you said earlier. Yeah, but like he couldn't tell her because they had that rule at the start of the second season. We're going to tell each other everything. And he was, he was telling her everything. But at a point she stopped believing him and she, she left him. Yeah. And he couldn't trust her yeah. to stay. Like, and that's yeah. how they started to become really toxic to each other. Like mm-hmm. by the time they left each other at the beginning of uh, season three, I was yeah. like, no, y'all, you guys should not be together right now. This is not working yeah. again. You are both pretending y'all need to go yeah. do something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And did that start when uh, Christine came back to get Lily? Yeah, maybe what, her security blanket was gone. Like her, like she, she's been hiding from her grief in all these different ways. And, um, like poor Lily, I don't know what her new name was. I can't remember, but, um, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And how is Lily or, you know, Lily in quotes doing in where are they in? Kentucky Kentucky? or Tennessee or something yeah Yeah, with with her mom Christine and the new baby I mean that's an unusual family and you know they might be getting a lot of negative attention there Mm -hmm. so I mean she seemed settled like the only thing she seemed worried about was Nora showing up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Nora knows where she is so yeah yeah and it's interesting that yeah Nora didn't even didn't even realize you know like yes the baby is on Kevin's porch someone left her there for Kevin because he's the police chief he's you know Mm -hmm. not not for you Mm -hmm. yeah and she seemed so hurt yeah she was so hurt when Tommy said that, I didn't leave her for you, Nora. I yeah. left her for my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. Did, and that didn't even occur to her at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With her, it was like finders keepers. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say that makes sense for like the, the world they're living in. Like when they, when they want to go adopt her, they thought they had to come up with this huge like story and how supportive they would be. And the guy was trying to give them another kid. Um, and that kind of made a lot of the stuff that happened made me think of where we are now because we, we have a lot of kids who have lost their parents to COVID. Like I was just looking at the numbers yeah. recently, like almost 200,000 orphans oh. from due to COVID. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. So like, and I can imagine what it probably is or was in, in the, I don't remember the numbers, like Nora probably yeah. quoted the numbers and I don't remember what they were. Yeah. I had no idea it was that many. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe 170, it, close, something close to two. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Makes sense, though. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a high number. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. All Any, right. Uh, so, mm-hmm. go ahead. What did you think? Um, so, Book Matt was not um, Nora's brother. Like, mm-hmm. he was just like the priest and her confidant. I liked the change that they did because they still had him reveal her husband's infidelity, but mm-hmm. like her brother, her actual brother, thank God he didn't do it in a moment to be vindictive or maybe mm-hmm. did he did. Cause he did it when she told him, no, like she, he wasn't gonna, she wasn't going to loan him the money that he needed for the church. Mm-hmm. And um, he was trying to get the money, her payout from the, her children and the, her husband. And that's when he told her, so he was still being vindictive, a jerk, mm-hmm. but he didn't publish it. He still kept that mm-hmm. under wraps, but he did tell her. All right, mm-hmm. never mind. I was trying to praise TV Matt. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. don't try. <laughs> yeah. And I had a weird crackpot theory in there trying to connect everything to that, you know, it's just in Susan's head canon. It's not anything. The um, the woman who's the imposter at the mm-hmm. conference in guest um, that 
my crackpot theory was that she's working with the group of scientists that visits in a matter of geography, or maybe the other group of scientists who run the machine at the end. Are those groups mm-hmm. connected? Mm-hmm. Don't know. The MIT group to, to that one? Or what about the ones, quote, scientists in season two? Oh, that was also season two. But later in season two, the dude who shows up on her porch and then the woman who calls her. Yeah, that's and right. I forget the name of the demon. Okay. Oh, but they're different from MIT. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And think it's the de- the demon, blah, blah, blah. Something is the right, Bazell. Right. Um, yeah, that would yeah. never fly at MIT. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, supernaturals we got. We didn't get any demons. <laughs> no. Yeah, and it, it's interesting also that so in that in that laundromat parking lot was also like the grocery store parking lot, and so the baby and the baby departed, and also across the parking yeah. lot there was a dad, and so mm-hmm. you know they, they can help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dad yeah. can take the baby. Yeah. 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 That was lucky. But then I don't know what mm-hmm. happened to that person in the intersection who was driving and, you know, their car is the one that hit um, Matt and uh, um, Mary's car. Mary. Yeah. Maybe just ended up right in the middle of the road with no cars around unless the car went with that person. Well, unless they because materialized in another car that was in that space and time. I mean, right. cause what about the people who were in airplanes who were flying airplanes? Because I mean, they, they yeah. say that, you know, for the people there, every, you know, the 98% disappeared. And for the people in, in their world, only 2% disappeared. Mm -hmm. So would they still have been in, I I think they still would have been, you know, flying the plane or whatever, but all the passengers and crew disappeared. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause Nora does say that they still have all that equipment and stuff, but they don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe once everyone disappeared, they just, you know, landed at the closest airport. Yeah. And figure out what was going on from there. I think the one dude per airplane or woman or whatever, you know, whomever, who was stuck on an airplane where the mm-hmm. 2% stayed, they died. Unless they were the pilots. Right. Yeah. Okay. They died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah there were lots of you know fatalities like that yep mm-hmm. incidental <laughs> yeah and then when you think about um the 98 percent, all those people on the on the highways yeah. mm-hmm. cars going 60 70 miles an hour and even people just doing 30, 35 on the streets. Yeah. yeah. You lost yeah. a lot of those two percenters that way too. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if they lived, right. And if they lived, who's left to take care of them in the hospitals? Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So we're probably down to about 1.8%. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And the cars, I think, would be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Airplanes would be very, 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 very few. I mean, there are a lot of planes flying, but. Yeah. Still. But the cars, I think, would be. Mm-mm. But then again, only 2%. Okay. Yeah, if only 2% are remaining, but still, a lot of them would be on the roads. Yeah. Because that's just where we are. And it happened at what time? It looked like Mid-day? middle of the afternoon, yeah. Yeah. In, in, yeah. On the east At coast. least it wasn't Russia. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Duh. 
it was rush hour somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always and some people somewhere. were sleeping. So yeah, it depends. Yeah. And some people yeah. were fucking. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So speaking of time of day, I just have one tiny thing to nitpick about. Um, on, uh, okay. So it was in the Garvey's at their best on <laughs> October 14th, their clock, uh, Lori and Kevin's, their clock reads five fifty-eight AM in New York's and it's bright day outside. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you from living in Pittsburgh, which is, which is South of upstate New York. Mm-hmm. pitch black at 5.58 a.m. in October. It's already yes. pitch black now. Well, it's, yes, it is October 14th. So it is pitch black. The sun is not rising until like 7.20 in the morning in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it's the same or a little bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I looked it up. Sorry. In Mapleton, New York, which is a borough of Niagara, unless their Mapleton is made up, but Mapleton is a borough of Niagara. Um, sunrise is at 728 in the morning was today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 558, an hour and a half before pitch well, black. That just shows that it was an unusual day because the sun was <laughs> right. So it was the apocalypse. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they were totally in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That bugged me the first time I saw it, but I'm like, okay. If I can suspend disbelief that he keeps coming back to life, I can certainly suspend disbelief that it's a bright, shiny day at 5.58 in the morning in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Or daylight savings hit early. No, oh, daylight savings, okay. Mm -hmm. It's still daylight savings. You mean a double daylight savings? Even then, even then, no, when it ends, oh no, fall back. Okay. That would still mean only um, 628. Yeah, true. Still pitch black. Apocalypse. There's no way. It's a sign of the apocalypse. No way we can make it work. Yeah. Except that it was a sign. Okay. I'll buy that. So that all day. Yeah. Lordy. So I think the first time we watched in uh, season three, episode certified, when that uh, episode seven. Um, oh, yeah. And at the end, Lori goes scuba diving. Mm-hmm. And no, episode six. Oh, yeah, that's on that six. The, two before the finale um and uh earlier nora had said that like the easiest way to get away with killing yourself would be to go scuba diving especially if you're certified because anything could go wrong while you're scuba diving Mm -hmm. and it would look like an accident so no one would know so at the end of the episode Lori goes scuba diving and we're like, oh my lord, she Uh-oh. is going to kill herself. Right. And we had yeah. already seen that flashback at the beginning of that episode where yeah. she tried and then aborted the suicide attempt or started to kill herself and then aborted it. Um, and so we chatted afterwards or between that week and the, and the season, I mean, episode seven week. And we're like, did she kill herself? She must have. Oh, because then the kids called her right before she went down and mm-hmm. she's crying. And so, you know, yes, she was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And part of me was disappointed at my first watch, you know, when it first aired, part of me was disappointed that she didn't do it because mm-hmm. it was like, well, what changed her mind? Um, and, and I think it was that the kids called her. So, um, I mean, I'm not disappointed that she didn't, you know, that's totally silly. Um, and, uh, my dad committed suicide. So it's not like I want anyone to commit suicide, 
yeah. but it's um every time I watch that scene, it's still if if that had been in a in the book or if the book had been a trilogy, then I would love to know what was going on in her mind. Yeah. So it I was think a good scene. Next and year, to go yeah. out when a yeah. storm is coming, you yeah. know? Lots could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think next yeah. year we'll have to find some some fan fiction that is maybe in the heads of these characters. How about that? True. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Or we could yeah. write it. Yeah, or we could write True. it. True. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know what's going on like, in our head, write it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just like leaving it alone. I, I, I kind of just like imagining or to quote a certain song from the show, let the mystery be. <laughs> yes. Or so to I've quote another I've song, where is my mind? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chipmunk. Sorry. There, there, there's one out on the deck. It's so precious. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So something that 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 I can see, but the listeners can't because it's visual. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. beards look good on you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I was so oh. proud of her. <laughs> Cause damn, he looks good in a beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I had forgotten about that bathtub scene that was a flashback. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Where he's saying, you want me to grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love it on him. I mean, he looks great mm-hmm. without it too, but yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He, he's lost it for the White House plumbers. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the mustache is a uh, glue on. Okay. But I'm not sure. The very 70s mustache. Porn stash. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <gasps> oh. We see him naked enough anyway, so. <laughs> yes. I mean. All right. Hey, before real quick, we haven't mentioned a single thing about um, Erica Murphy, Regina King. And the reason that we introduced ourselves with our Wu-Tang name, names um, is because of that episode. Um, season three. Um, sorry. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. Written by the lonely Donkey Kong and specialist Contagious otherwise known as Tom Parada and Damon Lindelof. And in this, um, uh, Nora eventually goes to visit Erica and they jump on Erica's trampoline to the song uh, Protect Your Neck by the Wu-Tang Clan. And um, uh, Parada and Lindelof got their names, their Wu-Tang names, using a Wu-Tang Clan name generator. <laughs> and we all did the same thing years ago when that for in 2017, when this episode came out. And these are our names. So if you want us, that's how you got to refer to us. <laughs> okay, so next week, let me pull up the list. Our theme is Actors Who Music. Because in a few weeks, we're doing musicians who act. So I had to have some balance here, you know. So, of, yeah. course. of course. I'm making music a verb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, so this is easy. We are, we've picked three actors who music. And we're going to watch one episode of, um, of one show for each of them. And listen to at least one song by each of them. So Aquafina, Nora from Queens, season one, episode one. Um, I haven't seen any of it. So I hear from Susan that it's amazing. So I'll probably watch more than one. And her stage name is Aquafina. I don't, I don't know if I'd say amazing, but it, it is oh. fun. It's a good show. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll still probably watch, watch yeah. more than one, even yeah. though it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Isaac, show me a hero. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, Aquafina, uh, Nora from Queens is on HBO max slash it's comedy central on HBO max. Oscar Isaac's in show me a hero. Uh, that is a limited series. So episode one, also on HBO max, the band he's in is called the worms and it's available on, uh, uh, iTunes. Um, you know, go find both of them on YouTube, which is what I'm planning on doing. And finally, Jada Pinkett Smith. We are going to watch, go all the way back to a different world, specifically season six, episode 21, Homie Don't You Know Me, featuring Tupac Shakur. Oh, and this is on um, HBO Max as well, right? Yeah. Oh my God, we're sticking with our favorite uh, streaming <laughs> service. Mm-hmm. And the band she's in is called Wicked Wisdom. That is it. Okay. It's an easy week. So you can watch everything else that you're watching. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It took me three days to watch all my Friday shows. Yeah. Well, because I was also finishing the book. Yeah, here's everything I watch on Friday. Um, uh, the morning show, Foundation. Uh, well, I didn't get, uh, 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 truth be told, Ted was this Friday. Now that's it, Ted Lasso. I hadn't watched Big Sky, which came out on Wednesday. So I just did that this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've got American Crime Story Impeachment on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I had to catch up on stuff. Yeah. So, can we talk about Big Sky? (laughs) Sure. Have they explained? Have they explained that thing that we were confused about last week? They explained it in the first two minutes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I told you it was a different dude. Yeah. (laughs) He's a hippie. Yes. (laughs) Violent hippie. Yeah. not a real hippie if he's got rules uh, he has a code (laughs) and a weapon yeah yeah Yeah. susan did he remind you of a certain walking dead character with that stick yeah and didn't he play that guy yes he was the one that taught morgan how to use uh yeah Mm -hmm. john carroll lynch was in the walking dead an episode yeah Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah. But he played yeah. a very important character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thursday was he, a pretty he good spoke TV softly night. and carried a big stick. Exactly. <laughs> he was a cheesemaker. <laughs> he was. The apocalypse is better with cheese. Everything <laughs> is better with cheese. <laughs> True. Okay. Okay. Don't you think? Wouldn't you rather go through the apocalypse with some cheese? I'm lactose intolerant. I know you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> Doesn't matter. If it's the apocalypse. If and it's a dry cheese food, that I can digest. Okay. Parmesan is excellent. Now, I'd like to have some brie too. That'd be a problem. But yeah. <laughs> if you're down to dry grass and brie i think it's the brie yeah yeah and they'll know that i'll pay for it later i was gonna say you better go raid the uh, stores for some medication right have that on hand because i gotta have my cheese i just heard this is related to like diet issues it's specifically Mm -hmm. um did y'all know that stanley tucci had cancer in his i guess it was his jaw i just heard an interview with him on npr yesterday it was a Mm -hmm. replay uh, because it was fresh air it's all in his uh new book called taste actually i don't know when the book came out because it was a replay and um so it wasn't diagnosed for two years because he was misdiagnosed and so he lost his senses of taste and smell he had to rebuild them. They, you know, they came back 
And like now, um, a lot of things still his his sense of, his mouth is very sensitive. So some things you just can't do like spicy is very difficult for him. Carbonated beverages are really difficult, but his, his senses of taste and smell are now really heightened if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. Um, oh, and because of the chemo and radiation because of, I mean, that's what he's assuming all of his food sensitivities went away. He got like this reset in his body. So now he can eat anything. He had to follow this like weird diet before because of his food sensitivities and a- allergies. I think some are outright allergies. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we should go do chemo or radiation to get For rid of food allergies. Right. Yes. But no. that was fascinating that, yeah. yeah, that happened for him. I want to check the timeline because he has that, that I won't call it yes. new, but he had that show on CNN yeah. where he was yeah. doing like, he was traveling and doing foods. So yeah. Yeah. I this was, all had to, to have happened before that. And he said he's yeah. cancer free. So I okay. guess, yeah, this had to have come out after all okay. of that when he's gotten back into food. Yeah. Very good. And that's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And the book sounds fascinating. Yeah. We will uh, report on that and many other things next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> until then, everybody, geek on. <laughs>